Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hey, it's Fitz. And if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. I'm a veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage four prostate cancer. During the initial stages of the 2020 pandemic, my doctors advised me to stay at home. But now, two years later, I'm not only healthy, but I've been declared in remission. But I'm still continuing this podcast, during which I'm calling the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who I've met throughout my 30 years in this industry. And now I'm also calling some new people to make some new friends. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. Four years ago, after finishing up his football career at Kansas State University, Nick Walsh packed up, departed his hometown of Linden, Kansas, just south of Topeka, and went to Nashville. Somewhere along the line, the former Kansas State punter realized he had a knack for writing country music, and he wanted to explore that as a career. Walsh has put together a pretty impressive early catalog of music. In fact, his newest song can be found on all streaming platforms. It's called Kinda Like Kansas, and it's a great song. In fact, if you listen to Nick's songs, you hear kind of a common thread about small town life all through his music, and it's just wonderful stuff. Making it in Nashville takes talent and a whole lot of luck. But Nick isn't really interested in performing and touring. He releases his own music to kind of advertise it. He wants to be a songwriter. He is a songwriter. And he wants to write songs for musical artists to whom he can connect. Nick Walsh is in the process of building his career. He's settled down with a serious girlfriend. And he continues to crank out some great music writing with some of the great songwriters in Nashville and a couple of my personal favorites too, which I think is really cool. So I haven't talked to him in a while. Let's see what's going on. And I called someone in Nashville, Tennessee on last week's episode of Life of Fits. So let's do it again and call Nick Walsh in Nashville, Tennessee. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Football's almost here. It's yeah. uh, going to be I fun here. I didn't even realize the preseason games were on today. I've been pumped. I know. I, I woke up uh, kind of <laughs> late, and uh, the Chiefs are playing. I'm like, what? Huh? What? What is it Sunday? I don't know. It's hard getting old. You can't keep track of things. <laughs> How have you been? I'm I'm great, man. I am great. Health is good. Um, things are the websites rocking. Having fun doing these podcasts, so it's uh, it's awesome. It's good, man. It's good. Well, give us uh, the Nick Walsh update. Um, what is it? Four years now in Nashville. Yeah, uh, yeah. August something is yeah. four years. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy ride for sure, but. Uh, just staying busy, writing songs, and uh, trying to keep my lady happy. <laughs> and <laughs> That's a lifetime endeavor. It's an unfinished project, no matter what. Yeah, for sure, but 
she's awesome. And, uh, yeah, just uh, making new connections all the time and stuff and just trying to write great songs. Okay, now contrast what you thought Nashville would be with the reality now that you've been there, now that you're kind of an old hand. <laughs> I knew I'd get asked this question. Um, Nashville's got a lot of great things about it. I met my girl here, met a lot of great friends here. I've learned a lot here uh, with, you know, just everything musically and also just life stuff as well. But um, me and my girl were just talking like, Lyndon, like Kansas will always be home. So it's kind of hard sometimes, some days to juggle uh, just being in a city and writing about country songs when you're a country boy that belongs to you. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's been good for sure. I definitely want to write songs the rest of my life. I just can't say that I want to live in Nashville the rest of my life, especially, uh, you know, when we raise a family and stuff. I think uh, I don't think the songwriting will ever stop, but I think possibly uh, might be moving out of here at some point. Once you're established a little bit and you've got guys you write with regularly, a publishing contract, do you really need to be in Nashville? Um, I wouldn't say, like you know, full time for sure. Because, you know, my buddy, uh, Rodney Clausen's got, uh, and Nicole Galleon got a bunch of land in Kansas and they go spend, you know, summers there, deer hunting seasons, whatever. And I think you can kind of bounce back and forth for the most part, but I think there's a lot of things you do need to be in, in music city for just to make sure your face and that type of thing but i would definitely love to move back to kansas at some point and still be able to travel back and forth and you know do this still but well it's interesting to me you um you go to nashville and you, you're surrounded by other songwriters you you know the whole songwriting process fascinates me as you know but um the do you run the risk of kind of adopting all the sounds and losing what a Nick Walsh song is when when you're in that big fishbowl in Nashville? Um, I would say uh, to a certain extent. Um, I've gotten some really good ideas in Nashville and written some really great songs here. I've also gotten some really great ideas in Kansas and written some really great ideas. It seems like for me right now, whenever I go back to Kansas, I don't want to think about music necessarily. I just want to spend time with my family and stuff. And so that'd be kind of interesting to figure out. You know, I did like a songwriters retreat in Montana down in Alabama, and that was good to like get out in the stick and write <laughs> Those are some of my favorite ones for sure. Um, but it it definitely, yeah, I, if I just went back to Kansas for a whole year and wrote every day by myself, I would, I'd probably get some stuff I really believed in, and that might be a little uh, too unlike Nashville stuff, you know, but... I would say more of me would come out for sure rather than just trying to write stuff that's more commercial and try to pay the bills with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a balance, isn't it? I mean, you need to pay the bills, but you also, you know, want to stay true to who you are and not just yeah be writing songs. I, one of my favorite country music writing things was Chris Stapleton, before he hit it big, sat down with his one of his songwriting buddies and said, we're going to write a hit. And I can't yeah. remember what song it was. It was a Chesney song, and it was a hit. Yeah. And I'm like, how good are you at your art, at your craft, when you can say, we're just going to write a hit, and it is? Yeah, totally. No, I feel like uh, there's some day, dang, I really don't want to drive down to the city today. And I just, I just kind of got a weird, you know, kind of vibe. And sometimes, you know, most of the time, my co-writers will kind of, 
once you get there and the energy's there, then you kind of get back on track. But um, it's definitely it's definitely hard to juggle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of the more established songwriters in town have kind of moved out to the outskirts of town a little bit just to get that country feel again. And um, but as yeah, someone that's fairly new and four years is fairly new for. The songwriter still um, kind of been doing the popping around the apartments and all that mm-hmm. stuff. To, so you never really get that kind of homey feel that much. But how tough is it, Nick? How tough is the grind of trying to pay the bills and be creative? It's honestly probably the toughest thing I've ever done. Honestly, K State. And the football, the physically, whatever, all that was super tough. The workouts, everything I went through at K-State, awesome time, whatever. But it's it's a grind for sure, physically and mentally, I guess. Now that I'm writing songs in a town that is a million times bigger than where I grew up, it's just mentally challenging and so it kind of it definitely weighs on you for sure um and some days i just i have a tough time seeing the positives and a lot of things but um you know luckily there's been just a lot of blessings in this town as well so i you know i i see those as well but um I would say, you know, it's really challenging for sure. Um, the money thing and trying to hold on to enough money to pay rent and stuff at the first of the month. And, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities here, so you could go out and do stuff to help out with that. But, uh, it's a, it's a mental grind. I would say your latest song came out, um, just, God, last week, didn't it? It's it's a song you you had written a while back, but you released kind of like Kansas on the platforms. Um, yep. Great song, bud. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, we we lack great Kansas songs. I, I I hear a lot of Oklahoma songs, a lot of Texas songs. We need more Kansas songs. Maybe it's the word. I don't know. But uh, yeah, what was the sure. inspiration of this song? Man, so this was. Uh... And I felt really just honored to be in the room with these two writers, but Ben Stoll and Barrett Baber. Um, Barrett actually had this idea and kind of had this groove going, and that made me feel really good that he, you know, because sometimes I don't look at myself like an artist, um, maybe when I should. And so he had the idea because he knew I was from Kansas. And uh, he's like, what if it was like kind of like Kansas? Like, I freaking love that. And then we just got to talking in the room, and we were like, you know, what if we just, like, <clears throat> make up this story that probably someone else has lived through um, and put them in an airport, and these these guy and a girl, you know, fall, whatever, fall in love, and then at an airport bar or whatever. And so we were just trying to figure out how to get all these different cities in there that this girl looks like in your mind and stuff and, and just land the whole thing on Kansas. So it's pretty interesting for sure. Um, but like a lot of songs in Nashville, they're kind of, uh, you definitely, uh, you're just trying to make them, you know, as interesting as they can be, even if, you know, part of it's not true. Cause I haven't sat in an airport bar and fell in love with a girl, you know, <laughs> but it's kind of cool how to paint that picture and make it really interesting for the listener. What comes first for you, the, the lyrics or the, the actual music? I would say oh, it's kind of 50, 50 sometimes, honestly, especially lately. Um, whether it's early morning or late at night, um, before or after my write, I'll either come up with some sort of guitar lick I can take in 
which doesn't do a whole lot. It just kind of makes you think about what that song should be about. But um, I would say probably leaning towards the lyrics first would be my guess. I mean, hell, I wake up at 3 a.m. and, you know, think of 10 lines to a song and sometimes I wake up and write them down and sometimes I wake up and I forget what the hell happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm more, I'm, I'm more lyrics, I would say. And there's a lot that goes into it, but like melody and stuff is something I struggle with. Um, I'm just kind of straight down the middle um, with melody for the most part, just because, you know, my songwriting heroes, Downs Van Zant, John Prime, um, Guy Clark, and all those guys, it just seemed to be just really natural and that, like they weren't trying too hard with the melody. So I kind of just take after that a little bit and uh, don't try and get too crazy. I don't get too commercial. So I need somebody in the room that's going to be able to help out with that a little bit. But I love writing lyrics. I feel like I can write um, some really good songs um, by myself, but I need help with hmm. music, musically and melodically and all that type of stuff. Man, your your songwriting heroes go way back. So you truly are old country, aren't you? Yeah, I, w I would say so. Um, I've, I've gotten the room and written some really, you know, commercial type stuff lately um but that's uh that's just credit to my other songwriters for sure is it i'm just so fascinated by this is it easy to try to find a hook you know i mean i'm not going to call anyone out but there's an artist that is now racking up hits with just earworms that you can't get out of your head and and I, I think it's horrible, lazy songwriting, but it's effective. Is it hard not to go down that that road to make some money? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely tough, especially, you know, I think there's I have my own idea of, you know, I'm trying to think of a song that's like totally just who that artist is and who those songwriters were. And it worked and freaking made everybody money. <laughs> like, right, I'm, right. you know, um, I think there's a lot of them. Um, but I would say, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a hard question. Yeah, I, I really admire the artists that when the song comes on, you know, you know it's them. Not just their voice, but the, how the song is constructed and performed. It, it's obviously them. And I pick that up with songwriters, too. As you know, I'm a huge Radney Foster fan. and um, yeah. I could pick a Radney song. If it pops up on the radio and I've never heard it before, I go, this is a Radney song. Uh, I'm just fascinated yeah. that someone can have that kind of feel to their music. It's all different, but you know it's them. Totally. Yeah. You, you Sometimes you listen to a song and you're like, man, that just, I'm not convinced you know, and then there's some songs that you hear from an artist and you're like, wow, that's so, everybody's going to love that and that's them. It's kind of hard how to, it's kind of hard to figure out how to like put those two together sometimes. I have this song called uh, Ten in the Tank that I'm, we're kind of pitching around right now and Riley uh, Green really likes. Mm. I feel like it feels really commercial and like it could do something on the radio but it also just feels like good old boy um like story of my life right. kind of thing that's a riley green song that's that's pretty much what he has isn't it yeah and that's that's who riley is like <laughs> he can put out there was this girl and it go number one he wrote that with eric and uh and it feels so much like him, but yet still do so much on the radio. And I feel like there's, uh, that's really hard to figure out how to 
keep writing those songs that are you, but also work to make you a living. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the more interesting artists to come around in a while because he's got his own sound. You listen to his, you know, album if that's what you call it nowadays. Um, it there's a lot of stuff on there that is clearly not radio friendly, um, and it's it's really good. It's him, but then he's got radio friendly stuff that doesn't stick out. It somehow it's all woven together on his albums, but there, there are definitely yeah. some that are there are hits and some are. This song just made him happy. He, it was art for him. I, I love that. I respect that. Yeah, me and my little me and my little brother will like we'll dive into uh, some of these artists that well like Culture Wall and stuff like that. Like they don't really give a shit <laughs> what what happens really. I mean they're they're touring their ass off and. And they're grinding, but they're just writing songs. Tyler, you know, Tyler Childers, mm-hmm. um, Stony Larue, just so many, just like kind of outlaw, whatever you want to call them. But they're just staying true to themselves and um, just writing awesome songs. And so, as as for someone like me that doesn't really want to get on the road and go to around that much, then I have to think more about, okay, I'm writing a song for someone else that's going to help build their legacy. So how do I put my pride aside and just try and uh, doctor this up a little bit to make it feel like someone else rather than me type of thing. Yeah. I, I want to sit around and, write about the rain all day <laughs> I don't want to write bad songs but unfortunately those don't go number one so um, I think Gary Allen did that a little bit uh, Stoney LaRue I'm going to see him next Saturday he's going to be here in town at the hat and I'm fired up I've yeah, I never get to see him because every time he's here, it's like a football weekend or I'm on the road or I've got another conflict. But, no, I guess it's, he's going to be right. Friday night. So I'm fired up. I, I get to see Stoney in concert. That'll be awesome. I opened for Stoney, actually, oh, wow. one time. Uh, I can't remember if that was full band or if it was me and my buddy Phil on the drums. I can't remember, but that was a good time. Yeah, he's he's a guy that... I mean, he just knows how to put together a song that sounds like Stoney LaRue. It's really cool. Even if he's covering, you know, an older song. Like, we right. just had a great cover of what, Wichita Lineman. That, that's, that's a hard song to cover and pull it off because it's pretty much a perfect song. Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. This whole journey has been very interesting to watch from outside. Um, how you kind of flip the switch from football to this. Is there anything here that kind of crosses over? Did, did your lessons as a college athlete pay off in any way uh, once you dove into this new thing with trying to write music in Nashville? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I think for the most part, what I learned in college, you know, it's like I said, some days are really tough to just even drive downtown here in the city. It just, as a country boy, it's, you know, just anxious about going into huge places, whatever. But I think, uh, like just being personable, um, I think all the times that we went and did community service and, um, you know, hung out at the nursing home or went and gave speeches or whatever, like, I think that really carried over because my first two years here, I just went out and tried to meet as many people as I could. And just meeting the people and people that can help you and mentors and all that is the reason where, you know, why I'm at, why I'm where I'm at right now. And so I just think like Coach Snyder did a great job at making sure we were all involved in stuff and the stuff I did with Tate and all that, like just trying to get out and talk to as many people you know, folks around the community as you can help me. Uh, it definitely transitioned over to me meeting a lot of people here that have really been a big part of my journey. Maybe I'm being too philosophical, but football is obviously a team sport, but being a specialist, there's a level of isolation to that too, where you're just off kicking the ball. Um, right. Does that kind of translate too to what you got to do? I got to go over here and do my thing so that I can be a better you know, so I'm more prepared to be part of the what songwriting team, the creation team that eventually works out. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, like beginning of practice, we you know warm up and kick, and then a lot of practice. So a lot of practice time, it was just us. We do whatever we wanted, basically, and you know, Sean would stay on her butt about doing stuff, which was great. But at the end of the day he's got other stuff to worry about. So it's like, we got to hold ourselves accountable and, uh, being a songwriter, it's a team because it's a community of songwriters, but at the same time, you know, you don't, you don't have someone coaching you through this. I mean, it's just trying to figure it out and, you know, trying to be the best person you can be. And it's just different. In different ways, yes, it's the same. Um, but it's it's definitely, like I said earlier, just like mentally challenging for sure. But um, that's only going to help you grow and figure out life a little better is being able to do stuff on your own. And I'm still figuring that out. But it definitely transitions over for sure. Okay, I'm going to make my pitch here. So my buddy uh, Jared Wagner, uh, he's uh, he, he writes, um, and uh, he's looking at leaving Austin, which but I think that's a song in itself. But anyhow, um, <laughs> and moving the family back, may, you know, maybe to Kansas City. They looked at Manhattan, where he went to school and his wife went to school. She worked for me. Um, but I have this weird dream. I would love Manhattan, Kansas, to become a songwriter community, like a almost like an enclave for songwriters. I don't know why. I don't know why they'd come to Manhattan, Kansas. Man, but I just think there's a cool college vibe here that would, would be beneficial to that. Yeah, that uh, that uh, makes me want to cry almost because our dream, I mean, I guess I should say my dream, and my girl fell in love with Manhattan too. So we someday we want to move back to Manhattan. And I'm staring at a Manhattan poster on the wall right now. It's got all things on it. But that would be really cool to start something there. And 
I think there's a little something going with NSAI there. I'm not sure, but um, it'd be cool to build that up um, and just have multiple music venues and multiple songwriting conferences, whatever, and make that something because shit, I knew probably a dozen guys when I was in college that like White Hubert, he loves to play guitar and he loves to, he, he's actually a really guitar, a good guitar player. He's played a couple shows and stuff, but there's just a lot of, there's a lot more people in Manhattan. You'd think that maybe they just need that push of something that's uh opportunity is available type thing and uh kind of build manhattan up to be uh you know another mini nashville or something yeah. I, I think there's potential there i just i don't know yeah i have you seen why it's news it, it happened just before we started recording that he's retiring Wyatt? yeah his body gave out he just said he can't do it anymore Oh, wow, I didn't see that. Yeah, so maybe he can uh, move to Nashville and play guitar with you. I, yeah, I think I, he's – I didn't know that, man. That's that's terrible, but I hope he – you know, I'm sure it's the right decision, whatever he wants to do. But um, I know he – I know he loves to play guitar. He went – he came and uh, stayed uh, at our apartment with me and my girl, and he was playing my guitars and stuff, and I could – I could see the joy in his eyes when he. That's cool. When he, I think he just loves music like crazy, country music. That's really cool. Well, let's talk about your girlfriend. How'd you guys meet? Um, give us the details on her, because every I tried to find a photo of you for this podcast, and she's in every photo now. So maybe I'll just <laughs> include her in the photo. Um, I mostly just pictures of just her not even me i know i know and that's that works out better for all of us but um yeah yeah how'd you guys meet um we met at a bar called live oak which um i've played a lot of times at it's a really really cool bar um down in midtown and uh i just saw her and i and i told her this and this is true i didn't do a lot of dating or anything when i moved here i just I was just so focused on <clears throat> music and also, uh, I guess what any guy would probably say, didn't feel like, you know, I'm not trying to bring anybody down with, <laughs> you know, I don't have any money, so how am I going to go buy you dinner type thing? <laughs> like, but <laughs> I just saw her and I was, I was like, holy shit. I think I'm going to marry that girl. Huh. And uh, I went up to her when she was leaving the bar. She was with a friend, and I was with a friend. And uh, we just got to talking and laughing and stuff. And I told her I was about ready to get my Uber. And we just sat there and kept talking, kept talking. She's like, "When you're, when's your Uber going to be here? And I was like... I was just lying. I, I didn't even order an Uber. <laughs> I just, just want to stay here and talk to you. And then I finally ordered an Uber, and uh, I called my buddy Eli on the way home, and I was like, man, I, I'm going to marry that girl. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. She was, <laughs> she was talking to a guy at the time, and... Uh, I messaged her friend. I was like, hey, is Ashlyn single? And she's like, well, she's talking to this guy, but, you know, you can see what happens. So I messaged Ashlyn. I got her Instagram. Um, I was like, hey, would you want to go on a date or anything sometime soon? She's like, talking to a guy, but we can be friends. And I was like, all right, I'm down with being friends. Like, we'll be friends because I already think so much about you type thing. And, uh, so we went and we're friends on the first date. And by the second date, we were a little more than friends. And then it just kind of progressed and 
started dating on New Year's Eve and been together ever since. But she's a sweetheart, and I'm convinced that she saved my life, honestly. Uh, but she's been awesome. She's my best friend. We do. We have a lot of things we love to do together and all that. So that's why it's got to be. You got to be best friends. I mean, you just got to <laughs> want to spend time with each other. And look, I. Yeah. My wife, uh, when I asked her out, was engaged. So uh, always take your shot, you know. <laughs> so I, I got her out of that. <clears throat> yeah, that uh, you know, I. It's definitely hard. Um, she she moved here for nursing school, and I think she she's in love with this city. Um, and it's. It is challenging for, like, a small-town kid to come here and date a girl from a fairly big city and then love the city she's in right now. And it kind of – it's kind of hard to juggle sometimes because she loves this place, and I'm more partial to Kansas, you know, so. Where's she from? <clears throat> she's from Spokane, Washington. Oh, wow. Wow. But uh, her parents have a great place up there, and they're actually – <laughs> they actually just bought a house. Ashlyn and her parents just bought a house uh, out by the lake here. So it's going to be a pretty awesome transition to go from all this apartment living to now out by the lake. Nice. So me and her are going to move out there, and her parents are just kind of frequent here um, for a while until they move here permanently, I believe. I, I got to tell you, I used to love Nashville, and I still like Nashville, but it just got so big, so overwhelming. The crowds are ridiculous. The traffic's <laughs> awful. It it it's kind of gone through exactly what Austin did a while back, and went from a really kind of fun, um, creative place to just bah, so much. Right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I got my little uh, nooks and crannies around here. Got the bar that's really close here that I like and did a lot of locals, but you start, you start heading down to Broadway and all that, especially on the weekends, man, that's pretty overwhelming. And, uh, you're spending a lot of money for sure. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, last time it's been what, five years since I've been to Nashville, but last time Becky and I were there, we'd, we, you know, walked by down Broadway, and it's like the line at Tootsie's, and it just why why would you stay in that line? I mean, you know, I mean, it, I did. I I look at some of those lines. Sometimes I'm like, I look at the last person in line. I'm like, how how bad do you have to want to get in there to actually wait in that line, especially when it's a hundred degrees out? Or mm -hmm. man, I just want to go home and drink a bush light. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was there's just Lines out the ass, and it's just—it doesn't make sense to wait in line that long, pay for the drinks. I guess if you're—if that's your first time there or whatever, you do it. But I mean, I don't know. I just—I find uh, a lot more happiness in local dive mm -hmm. and no line bars and two fifty bush lights and all that stuff. Well, I'm going to have to get the name of some of those bars from you because I'm probably overdue to go to Nashville because that's where 24-7 Sports is headquartered. They're now in the CMT building downtown. Yeah. So I probably should yeah. come down and visit everyone at some point. Won't be now but um, because football's here. Are you fired up for football, Nick? Oh, my gosh. Um, I... I'm, I might sound like a pussy, but I cried because <laughs> I was watching that old college football video, Images of the Decade. And uh, that video is my favorite video, and I'll send it to you if you don't know what yeah. it is. But, um, man, that it just gets me fired up. I was watching all these football videos last night, the K-State pump-up videos and all that, and then – I didn't even have a clue that preseason was on today, so I'm fired up about throwing a little money down on some preseason games and seeing what happens. But football season, man, it's just the best time in the world, and it it's uh, 
no matter where you're at, it's going to make you happy being able to watch games all day and stuff. Yeah, it's – I mean, we're we're three weeks away today from K-State kicking off, and I'm really – I'm as excited about this season as I've been in a while, and it's, it's going to be a fun year. Um, and I'm excited about the new Big 12. We'll see what that holds in the future. But um, when was the last time you were back here in MHK? Um, I want to say New Year's, maybe one time after that, but I want to say New Year's, me and my girl came up there and, um, we stayed in the Bluemont Hotel and stuff and it was a great time, but I'm trying to think the last time I was at a game, I can't remember what game it was, but we, uh, Gene's, uh, Gene was, nice enough to let us come up in a suite and stuff, my folks and me and Ashlyn. And, um, so we got to go sit in the AD suite and watch that game. I can't remember. It was late season, I think. But we plan on coming to at least one this year, hopefully two. Good. Hey, have you – you're my uh, you're my Nashville investigative arm. Have you figured out the Kane Brown thing yet? Why he likes K State? No, I still have not figured. That Nobody out. knows. It's just the weirdest <laughs> thing. The guy just blurts out K State's his second favorite team. We're like, what? Where'd that come from? I don't know. I wonder. So, how old is Kane Brown? He's upper twenties. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think he's a military so, family. So I wondered if maybe his dad was at Fort Riley for a while it, or something. Yeah, that could very so. That could be it for sure. I'm trying to think who was. I don't know. Maybe he fell in love with Colin Klein or something. I don't. And who hasn't? Sure. Who hasn't? <laughs> oh, <No>, I mean, <laughs> there's a. Maybe he's been to Manhattan to play a show in his younger days. I don't know, but that town's pretty hard not to love. So I can't imagine who. Especially if you're on the fence on who your favorite team is, you visit Manhattan. It's probably going to be K State because that town's awesome. Well, you you mentioned Riley Green earlier. Who are some of the young artists right now that you kind of connect with in terms of how they, you know, how they present their music and the songs they're looking for and that type of thing? Man, I would say um, there's a there's a a young guy in town named McCoy Moore and uh, me and him write really well together. We've written some of my favorite songs um, and he's just now starting to get out on the road and do stuff. And uh, um, he's got a great voice. We write similar. Um, I think that's a name you need to remember is McCoy Moore. He's got some songs out right now too. Is that um, his real name? Is that his God-given name? His parents named him McCoy Moore. McCoy Moore. Would, did did they awesome. intentionally birth a country singer? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's incredible. I know. But uh, he's awesome. He's one of my best friends in town. And uh, he writes really great. And um, just going to keep putting good stuff out. But that's a name you need to look out for, for sure. Um Man, like Noah Hicks, I don't know if you've listened to him at all, but he came back with me to Kansas, did a little songwriter's retreat back there. He's a really good artist, and he's going out and touring for big shows and stuff right now. But I just love how hard he works, and we write a little differently, but I love his stuff and it's very you know you put a thousand girls in a room and all thousand of them are gonna love this guy <laughs> he's he's awesome um but i got a lot of great writer friends too that um are just trying to find their identity and stuff and be great artists and whatever but um i'm trying to think yeah, I don't want to leave anybody's name out, but those are two guys that I really believe in. And, you know, I could go on and on down the list, Tyler Chambers and um, 
just all sorts of guys. Even my buddy back home, Colin Nichols, um, just guys that I came up with. And I don't know. If anybody hasn't heard of Eric Dillon, then they're missing out too. I mean, his records are freaking awesome. But there's a lot of, uh, there's just so many up and covers in this town that I believe in. And I'd have to sit down for a year and write their names out just so I wouldn't miss anybody. But so it's definitely hard to, well, I, to all of them, but. I, I imagine you, even though you've been there four years, you'll walk in a bar and someone's performing and you're like, holy cow. I, every time I'm in Nashville, I'm like, this person is playing the lobby of the Doubletree, and they're awesome. You know, I'm just like, what is going on? It's the amount of talent in Nashville blows my mind, and <clears throat> just a lottery of making it. I mean, it's just it just seems so random at times that some people make it uh, and others don't. It, it's crazy, dude. I tell you, when I when I first saw Wyatt McCubbin play, and that's a name that everybody needs to remember as well. I about crap myself. I mean, Wyatt McCubbin's got to be one of the best voices, one of the best writers I've ever heard in my life. And uh, Andy Austin is awesome. Um, there's just so many guys, but like the guy, I just remember the first time I heard Wyatt McCubbin and I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. It just blows your mind. There's just so many, so many artists. And this girl named Joy Beth Taylor, she's awesome. My friend Nicole Curteau, she's awesome. Just voices that would blow your mind. There's so many just great singer songwriters in town. It's unreal. It really is. I'm, I'm also fascinated with the country music dynamic of what's going on with, you know, we mentioned Stony Larue, who's, you know, kind of transitioned over to Nashville, but he's more of the Texas red dirt type of performer. Right. Nick, that almost sounds like more your music, honestly, than, than Nashville. And I know, I think you had a, a song out with John Stork, who, which is a great song. Um, yeah. And I, I did, how does that overlap the, the kind of Texas music scene into Nashville? Um, I think, I think, uh, Texas songwriters and singers have their own opinion about Nashville. And I think Nashville singer songwriters have their own opinion about Texas and they, they do it. They overlap. I'm trying to glide down the middle and, you know, be a great songwriter in the room when I'm writing with William Beckman, which is also a name you need to remember. Oh, I know him. Well, I I love William Beckman. (laughs) Jake Worthington, which is also a name you remember, John Stork, you know, all these guys, Randall King. Um, and then I'm also trying to just be a great songwriter and, uh, you know, hone in on what needs to be done in the room when it comes to, you know, guys like Steve Mokler and Riley Green and all these guys. It's as a song, you know, for me, I'm just trying to mold myself to whatever needs to be done that day. And um, I would like to think of it as one big happy family because there's rap songs that I like. You know, there's I like all sorts of stuff, Pink Floyd, whatever. But music's music. I don't even think whatever. Genre is a word I don't even use hardly because whatever feels good, whatever makes you, whatever makes you smile, whatever makes you cry, whatever. Like, I just want to be there and be present and try and, uh, you know, get the best song, whatever that might be, whether, but yeah, you're right. I definitely gravitate towards the older school stuff and I can sit here all day and write that, but, um, gets me out of my box a little bit to, to go write some more uh, up tempo and commercial stuff for sure. I I always tell people that when I was growing up, it wasn't country music; it was country western music. It was actually two genres kind of stuffed together, and the cowboy music kind of went away in a degree. George Strait, Garth Brooks, it kind of moved into more of a southern brand after that. 
And uh, I, I think Red Dirt Country is that. It's that remnants of what was Western. Uh, and right. we still see some of it. I mean, there's still, you know, I mean, certainly Cody Johnson would, would fit that that's crossed over into Nashville. But uh, that's my music. I, I'm more of a, uh, you know, a, a Western type of guy rather than, um, I don't know, Chattahoochee, you know, that right. clearly Southern music, which is really good stuff. But yeah, I think uh, Cody Johnson just, even if it's a sweet love song, it's still tough in, yeah. in some sense. And it's just like, he's a, he's just a great guy. And, um, you know, whether he's a writer on the song or his writers did it, he's still, he's still delivering it in a way that makes you believe every single word he says. And it just comes out as tough to me. And it's really cool because even the stuff he says in between songs during shows and stuff, it's, it's all, it's all just, uh, you know, authentic. Yeah. Well, bud, I could talk to you about country music all day long, but you got stuff to do. You got hits to write, brother. <laughs> it's to write. Great new song. Uh, everyone head over and, and make sure you get the right Nick Walsh because there's a hard rocker. That is not our Nick Walsh. Um, I, I, it could I, be, yeah. It pops up. It. You got long hair in that photo. Um, <laughs> but uh, keep grinding, brother. It's And make sure you let me know when you guys are in town and, and uh, I'll buy you a, a, a bush light. Awesome, dude. Thank okay, you brother. so much. You bet. Ask me to do this. Appreciate okay. it. Talk to you later. All right. See you, man. Maybe one of the things that makes Nick a really effective songwriter is he doesn't waste words. He is very concise in how he expresses his thoughts, which means you got to work a little harder in the course of a conversation, but what he says has content. I love the fact that he is writing with some of my favorite artists. Steve Mochler is an incredible songwriter. William Beckman is one of my favorite young artists to come out of Del Rio, Texas, home of Radney Foster, a guy I mentioned in talking about songwriters to Nick. Nick's a special dude, always has been. He is pure Kansas, and I mean that from the culture to the kindness. Make sure you go listen to his music. Don't get confused by the hard rocker, also named Nick Walsh. This is the country artist, Nick Walsh. He's one of ours, he's a K-Stater, and I can't wait for the next time I get to have a beer with Nick Walsh. Guys, remember, if you're 45 or older, go get that PSA scored. It's the best way for an early indicator of some kind of issue with your prostate. And the PSA score, it saved my life. I'll talk to you real soon. Next week is the season finale of Life of Fits. Series on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.